Good afternoon. It is 2 p.m. Central Time on February the 20th. I'm Leon Davis, and you're listening to Altitude Adjustment, the weekly podcast about people, politics, and professions. And um, it is, in parts of the country, still uh, in pretty bad shape weather-wise down in Texas. I have family in Texas, but uh, they're still experiencing problems in Texas. So we keep those people in our thoughts, and hopefully you will too. And there are other parts of the country that are experiencing uh, difficult weather. So, um, you know, keep out. If you have an opportunity to assist someone, do that. Coming up, we are putting together, we have uh, some guests today. We're really excited about having them. And it is uh, another team of podcasters. And we're going to get a chance to uh, meet them. And I think you'll really enjoy it. This, this program, program is intended for mature, mature audiences, audiences only. only. Altitude adjustment may contain language, images, or other content that some may find offensive. Your discretion is advised. Welcome to Altitude Adjustment.
doggone well, you know, it's been in the news that Kanye and Kim are probably getting a divorce. And knowing Kanye on his next next album, he's definitely going to have a song talking shit about Kim. But it's like, you married her. You knew who she was before you got married to her and while you were married to her and you decide to make that decision. Like he's that type of guy. And I'm like, I can't support that. I just can't. I think it's like what the question was, like, how do you just just um, separate the art from the artist? I just I don't know if that's ever to me. I just personally don't think that's like a fair excuse, because I think like. If, if, if you're, you're supporting, supporting something, something someone you're supporting like you're giving money to them you're giving money to to you're you're funding their lifestyle you're funding them having a platform they know i can keep doing this because it doesn't matter what i say you guys love the art you love me singing you love me rapping and and i think the read said this too is like is Kanye's rap worth like all that like you know what i'm saying like it's like okay you get a little rap y'all can't find another rapper to like like it it, it to me it's kind of just like you can say that's like being like i'm gonna separate trump the person from trump the president you know what i'm saying (laughs) like you can't you can't do it like it's like what are you just gonna like stand him outside the president like yeah he did all that messed up stuff but like so i i personally feel like that's a cop-out for people because i'm like if you're gonna fund their lifestyle they're gonna keep doing it they're gonna be like i have a platform there's no reason for me to stop um and i just think again with like morals and values is someone rapping or shaking their ass like worth uh you know the other problematic things that's how my ad yeah I totally agree. I, I hear what you're saying. And I think sometimes too, it's the, I think people kind of approach it like their relationships. Like, you know, when you have a longevity with an artist or like they're attached to so many memories or whatnot, and then you're like, you're deep in it. And then you find out, oh shit, this person is really problematic. It feels like you have to take a lot of time to like rewind and like take yourself out of that. Because I think it's, I think it's unrealistic to say that you can just like, cut them straight off like Janae was saying with Kanye was like I cut back and then I was I realized like I had to really just like cut this off but I do think that takes time and patience like I'm still trying to I'm trying to stop watching Harry Potter movies but I just get in these moods where I'm like I want to watch Harry Potter but JK Rowling is so problematic she's been out for like what 10 no how long has Harry Potter been out like 20 years it's over 20 over 20 it came out in the 90s yeah so that's like the books that's a long time to like i i get that that's a fair point to the it's a long time to um to cut someone off but we'll go into like more of like when you have to cut someone off but what did i write so would you would you classify that as uh typical uh like the podcast book? yeah what goes on um yeah i mean i think all three of us have like kind of similar thoughts but very different at the same time so um yeah i think that did a job of like driving like our personalities and our thought process when it comes to certain topics um so yeah i don't know if janae and amari feel differently yeah i think with with pop culture we basically align on the same things yeah so one of the 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 things that that captured me was is that there's a real chemistry in the conversations that you guys have and, and I don't mean um, just chemistry and that, that you all agree. It's just uh, w- in the conversation, you seem to connect uh, really easily on everything that you're talking about. I don't know if you, you know, talk beforehand or you just come. So what is the process for determining what you're going to talk about? Um, 
No, no, you, you go, Amari. I was just going to say, I think we, well, we're always in constant communication with each other. So, like, our, we have multiple group chats, our text messages. So we always just kind of run ideas past each other and we use a software system where it's actually a really nice organization of our thoughts and what things that we think our audiences will connect with. But I think the podcast itself does so well because we just transfer our in-life relationships with one another onto the podcast. So, I mean, I think it's how we interact with each other there is really how we interact with each other all the time. And even like when we don't agree with each other, I think we have a, a lot of respect for each other and each other's um, thoughts and opinions. So I think that, I think that kind of translates into the podcast. Yeah. I don't think we, so that was a, that clip, I guess it was different enough, but yeah, we don't always agree on everything, but when we do it, it's not like disrespectful. Um, so I think that's another thing too, where like, I, like, we all know we're not going to agree on certain things. It's just not going to happen. But I think we're all kind of like, have that, I think tough enough skin where it's like, we just know it's, we're not always going to agree on stuff, but we are in constant communication. And then we don't talk about like, Hey, I'm going to say X, Y, and Z on the show. It's usually like a natural conversation. We have like bullet points. We're like, okay, I want to talk about Kim and Kanye and then that conversation just happens to be that. Um, so I think we do a good job of like prepping for the episode, but we don't like write it all out. There's no scripts. It's just like, these are the points, let's go off of it. And because we're always in constant communication, um, I think it just flows naturally. Did you want to ask a question, Warren? No, no, I'm just, I'm just checking it in. Okay, Leonard, do you have something you wanted to? Cause I, I've got, I got a sheet this long. Because because uh, listening to some of those episodes, like I said, when I I heard the first two, I thought, you know, this is really interesting. Uh, and I could understand where you were coming from and a lot of the things that you were saying. And so I started listening to more. You know, I, I listen to a, a lot of stuff during the week because I'm, I'm looking for guests. I'm looking for material and all those kinds of things. And I probably listened to more of your episodes than you know than any other podcaster and so uh having you guys come on was you know one of the things i really wanted to do because i felt like when you guys talked it was from a place of your personal experiences but more than that you were opening yourself up in a vulnerable way um that that really lends itself to better understanding uh, yourself and people in the world um, around you. And so that was, you know, what drove me to, to ask you guys to come on to the show. Thank you. Thank you. That's sweet. I was just, uh, the other day I was listening to a podcast and the subject, I guess, was colorless. Basically, prejudice within a particular racial group. Okay, and I remember Can you still hear Leonard? Oh wait. Huh? Oh Leonard. Can you hear him? I couldn't hear him. You're very not low. really. I was looking I was thinking about uh you know where uh, 
light-skinned blacks and dark-skinned blacks, how they were treating each other. That was a big thing when I was in college back in the 80s. As well as, I just remember going through campus and I was supposed to be the bad guy. At that time, the big word was a darkie. But a lot of the people were sitting in the sun trying to get their skin dark and want to put their skin up next to mine. And at times, I was a smart ass. I said, well, at least I don't lose mine. Mine stays <laughs> like that. And I don't have to risk skin cancer and all that. So I found that conversation very interesting. And then some y'all y'all said in that particular show that struck me is that the bleach skin bleaching, color bleaching industry was poised to do about 12 or $20 billion in the coming year. And I was like, what? <laughs> really? <laughs> and so, so that was like, I, I had no idea. And then there was this thing about, uh, especially, I guess, guys of African descent <clears throat> talking about, well, I want to be with an exotic woman. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the woman didn't look exotic enough. And I'm thinking, I never... Do you have a question? We have, we have guests, and you won't let them talk. We, you have a question? Okay, I was getting there. So go ahead. Y'all comment on what I just All said. All righty. <laughs> uh, well, I have a question for you, though. Yeah. Uh, did you go to a predominantly white school in yes. college? Yes. You did? Okay. Um, to, to comment though on the the colorism episode that's we were talking about the, that this recently that it's one of our most listened to episodes um, and I, I think the colorism episode was something that we had talked about doing for a really really long time but we wanted to make sure that we did it correctly we wanted to make sure we did it delicately especially because you know me and Kia have lighter skin, Amari has darker skin. Um, so we wanted to make sure that we came from a really correct place when we did it. Um, I won't say it was necessarily a fun episode to put together, but <laughs> um, just talking to each other about it and sharing our experiences with one another, you realize how much, how much trauma there is within the black community and that, you know, slavery, prejudice, discrimination, all of these factors have seeped their way into the black community and they're like here, they're, they're, they're staying. And on top of that, they're in other communities as well. Skin bleaching isn't just big in Africa, skin bleaching is huge in Asia as well. Um, so yeah, colorism is, it's, it's a deep, deep topic. Yeah. So, so what, so what, um, was the process for you deciding that you were going to do a podcast? How, what, how did you come to that decision that you, you know, who was, what you were going to do, what, how you were going to cover the topics, you know, give me the genesis of, you know, being, becoming so-called Oreos. Well, I think Janae has to, Janae is essentially at the center of that uh, genesis because that's how we all connected with each other. Um, but it was really Kia and Janae who formulated the podcast itself. So I'll let them speak to that. But I definitely think, um, you know, I was only able to connect through Kia to Kia before the podcast even started through Janae. So she's kind of like the, the link that brought it all together. 
Um, yeah, and I'll, I'll talk on that. So me and Kia worked at the same company together. They were both our first jobs straight out of college. And we would basically G-chat and talk about everything going on in the world like every day. Um, and I know we had probably even joked like, we should have our own podcast. Um, and there were a group of women of color at our job who were talking about having their own podcast. Um, from there, that kind of fell apart. Me and Kia were still kind of like, mm, ears up, might be a good idea to do this. Um, and then I brought in Amari and then our other friend, Rachel, who stepped down from the podcast not too long ago, um, because these are conversations that we have all the time along with me and Kia constantly G-chatting about the things going on in the world, me, Amari, and Rachel would also talk about colorism, racism, sexism. We constantly had those conversations, so we just thought it would be cool, well, to introduce Get Together and, and bring it into a podcast. Um, as far as so-called Oreos goes, the, the name and the, the concept behind it, um, we all got together one day and we were like, what's something that kind of links us all together um, that we can kind of draw inspirations from or for episodes. Um, and we all realized that we all come from a same background of growing up in the suburbs, being from middle-class families, you know, so that's really how things fell into place. So um, you, you kind of, it, does that fully describe what you was expecting from your podcast? What, what were you expecting to happen, you know, when you, when you decided to, you know, put your life in front of millions and millions? Cause you know, those, those recordings will be out there long after you're gone. If you think about it too hard, I feel like we wouldn't, I personally wouldn't have joined a podcast if I thought about it, like that even when Janae and Kia approached me, I was like, I, I had never thought about being on a podcast. And I felt like at that time, you know, like everyone has a podcast. And also sometimes I'm just like, I don't think I have that many important things um, to say, but I think, you know, I for me, at least being in community with so many black women, I found myself stepping into myself and being more comfortable with who I was. And I just remember feeling so isolated as a kid, like a black kid growing up in a very white town and people kind of labeling me as an Oreo without even just like, you know, assuming things about me and just kind of letting that speak for itself. And I just felt like I could never myself in a way. And so when, at least for me, what I wanted from the podcast is was just like to dismantle the idea of what an Oreo is um, because an Oreo really doesn't exist. It's just black people living our lives. We have different interests. We're not a monolith. Um, and so I feel like when people for, and I know I'll let Janae and Kia speak for themselves too, but like for me, I just wanted people to see themselves in just a little part of what we say and to ultimately not feel so isolated in their existence. Um, because I know like from like growing up, we had Issa Rae who did Awkward Black Girl and that made me feel a lot less alone. And so the hope was that we could do that for, for other people. Yeah, I think that kind of sums it up, at least for me. I mean, yeah, like Amari said, like um, that was like the thing that, cause I feel like in like media, it's always like kind of either like they present like this struggle story of like black people where it's like, 
they have to grow up in the hood they, everyone has to get shot everyone has to get pregnant all this stuff and it's just like a very negative view of our community which is not like that yes that's true to some extent but not everyone has like that story and that doesn't have to be like the only story um and there there is a lot of people that you know live up in like the middle of america or suburban america and it's a really like challenging time too um i think people sometimes think it's like easy because you grew up like in a safer place but it's like that's that it was a little hard with like identity um so like yes safety wise it was better but like identity was still like a, a very big challenge um and i kind of like Amari said, like, I wanted to see other people to see themselves because all we had was awkward black girl. And I wanted people to like have more things that they can relate to. Um, and I don't think they were going to find that in like things like even like blackish or stuff like that. I just don't think it goes deep enough. Um, so I really wanted to present something that like would really go deep within the community. Um, and like people can relate to. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And y'all hit the nail on the head really just wanted to create a safe space for people with similar backgrounds and and even people that don't um people that just feel marginalized or are marginalized and don't feel like their voice is as heard i think for me it's really worth putting yourself on the, in the spotlight if a little girl or a little boy who grew up similar to me that felt alone and, and felt you know, unwanted or, or ugly or misunderstood can listen to the so-called Oreos podcast and feel like there's someone out there who's been through the same thing that they have. Now, I know that um, that you guys are like on every social media platform on the planet. So how do you manage, you know, all of that deluge of information? Oh, that's... It's been hard. Maybe Amari can speak to that because she's like our, our Instagram queen. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think, well, I, um, yeah, I, well, because I, I went, um, after, after undergrad, I kind of found myself in the social media space working for different um, news organizations during doing their social media. So when it came to so-called Oreos, I just thought it was a natural step to kind of like take on some of that. Um, and for, I gave I had like all of the platforms in the beginning, but it was a lot. And I was like, it, let's delegate it and let's figure out who's better at what platform because they do require different voices. And I think Kia's voice really works well on Twitter. So Kia's in charge of our Twitter. Um, and I do our Instagram, which to me is like light and lighter and fluffier, but it's kind of taken a different turn um, over the past few months where it's, I think, more like information driven. Um, but yeah, we've, we've kind of had to lean into it. I, lean into it i think more than we even want to and have to be on the internet <laughs> a lot but we've had success with like our our videos our reels i mean i think i always thought we were kind of funny but it's been cool to like see other people think we're <laughs> we're funny and also like informative at the same time it's funny because i i feel like we all kind of hate social media we hate being on our phones all the time we're like it it doesn't seem like it trust me y'all like what but I know uh, Kia typically does not have social media on her phone. Amari's like, anything other than Instagram really freaks me out. I don't want to do it. I really don't like texting people or talking to people that often. So like, we're, we're doing this because we know that we have to in order for our platform to grow. But 
we don't live on social media and we don't want to. So, yeah, I find I found uh, you guys to be, you know, uh, funny. Here's here's the second clip. And I promise you, it's a lot shorter. Why are you trying to, like, control act like women don't seek sexual pleasure? Yeah. Like, yeah. There, we have a clitoris for a reason. Right, like if a man um, is an animal, then a woman's an animal. And right. like, can you hear we it? all have our needs. It's also no? like if you want women not to have sex, who do yeah, you guys think you're going to sleep with? That's the life of an engineer and that's that's the thing that kills me Alrighty, with so this we'll idea skip, skip of like clip. you know women that one was to stay pure one, and all this other two. bullshit oh, what was it? who y'all have it was it was the um uh oh wait a minute here let me here's let me see if i can Okay. you get to the marriage stage and she hasn't had sex with anyone yes. like so now now you're That's mad because she ain't good at sex or she doesn't know anything about sex and earlier, it's like so and they're all, i ran through it before but it was the all, clip uh about uh kanye and uh how you uh one of you couldn't support kanye because he was you know getting out there and uh, so the, the issue became, how do you like his music? You know, can you can you separate the music from the artist? And so there, it was that part of that discussion. Um, and initially, I think it started off with um, someone said something about him, about him and Kim getting divorced. And, you know, he's going to, you know, create some shit. Uh, in, in his next record about, you know, dissing Kim, et cetera, et cetera. That was the first clip, wasn't it? That was the first clip you played. Was that the first clip? Yeah, that was the first clip you played. Okay. I, and then I don't remember what the second one was. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Well, we I think it's you. funny because um, they just for divorce yesterday. It's supposed to be relevant. Yeah, I know. They just filed for divorce. We all knew and it was coming. And it's also funny, too, because we there was one other episode where we talked about it wasn't planned, but we had talked about Kanye for a while. But like Kanye is someone that we actually don't like to, to, yeah. to talk about on the podcast. Yeah, that was like one of our first episodes, I think, where like it came up and me and Kia were going back and forth about it because I was a huge, you guys listened to the episode, I was a huge Kanye West fan. I'll come out and say it. And Kia, I think Kia, you've always kind of been like uh, the name though towards Kanye and we were like butting heads and then we are like all right for now on let's not talk about Kanye because it's just very controversial yeah it was the it was the the first one was the the when you said the first step time you talked about it, was the the God thing he he's he thinks he's a God or something like that uh, yeah that yeah, that yeah, was yeah. absolutely hilarious yeah you, you know the more we like his music the more he thinks he's you know omnipotent or whatever so Oh, yeah. I do have to, I do have to ask, um, who was the one that, um, decided that Halle Berry can't act? Amari. Amari. I'll, I'll say it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll say it either. I think maybe that was the most fun. I think, I think Halle Berry is wonderful as Halle Berry. But I, was... I have yet to fully buy into Halle Berry as an actress and something. I'm not going to say I've gone through her whole catalog, but I feel like I haven't gone through her whole catalog because the stuff I've seen, I just haven't been that big of a fan of. When have you been wowed by Halle Berry's performance? 
Just one, not her face, not her body. When have you been wild? By her okay, so so here's the here's. She deserved it. No. Here's here's the difficult part to answer that question. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger couldn't act his way out of a Starbucks, but he is. There's not a movie that he's made. Well, there's one. I mean, he. So they've had him in these scenes where you know they've got the fake tear coming down his eye. That, that's just not him. His thing is blowing up shit, and you know, short one-liners because he he's his accent is so thick that if they gave him some real dialogue, he would trip over himself. But he, as a performer, I absolutely love his movies. Um, another one is uh, Sylvester Stallone. Um, not much of an actor, but I love his movies. So, so my expectations for actors is that there are some actors who bring me into the character and they make me see a side of our existence as humans that, you know, is, is, uh, worth seeing and then there are those actors who show up on screen um, they wield a gun um, they blow up stuff all of the things that I love about a movie the special effects and I'm comfortable with that and I'm good with that so so Halle Berry showing me legs is what my expectations are about Halle Berry don't rain on my parade don't rain on my parade <laughs> Well, you think you think about it. A lot of actors and actresses you want just drawn because they act well. Uh, especially, unfortunately, when we talk about the women actresses, how well they look in certain dress. How do they capture? Because we want men watching them. We want men coming to spend those dollars, and, and it's a it's about making money. So you, if you say about a Halle Berry, okay, take away the body, take away the face. You know how much, how much, how much would you get? You wouldn't, but you look at someone like Viola Davis, for example. Who yeah. have you ever seen her show tons of legs, tons of boobs? She, for the most part, isn't very sexy in her roles. Yet, she's, she's a, a fantastic actress. actress. Yes, it can is. be done. Oh, I, I agree, but you, but not every actor can do everything, and and that was, you know, and and so, so my expectations for Halle Berry are going to be different than my expectations for, um, you just mentioned her name, Viola, Viola Davis. That my expectations are going to be different, and so, go ahead. They'll be lower. Yeah. I, I don't want to call them lower. I don't. I don't want to put that kind of you know rating on it. Yeah. Well, look Focus. at the name you just mentioned. You mentioned Kardashian. What are they famous for? Nothing. They got all that. They got all that money to appear on them shows, just because their father was a lawyer on OJ Simpson's Dream Team. I'm not mad at them for that. If the world is willing to watch that show. And these advertisers are willing to pay that money to put them on and to be what they are, so be it. Right. I, I, say, 
Kanye huh? I was just gonna say, I will say there is a part of it where I do think there takes a lot of talent to get to that level without actual talent. They're like the mechan you need to know how to work the system, the mechanisms behind that. And I think that takes actual skill and talent in the way that I don't I don't participate in the Kardashians. I don't believe in them, I don't like them. Right. But I will say the way they have been able to spin their livelihoods into this yeah. whole yeah. this bigger than ever I give them credit for that. I, and I don't actually how you like with our like with our previous president. If Joe Biden if Joe Biden likes to call him the previous guy, hate him, dislike him, love him for what you will. He knows how to play the media game. He knows how to keep himself in the media. That's what he's done. That's what he's been an expert at for the past 30 or 40 years. Right now, the media is still covering him. The media is still talking about him. Though he tried to kill about 400 people to have his way to continue. But the, the media still covers him. The media still talks about him. So one of the so one of the comments made uh, uh, by one of the, the listeners is that they believe that Gothica and Dorothy Dandridge were uh, quality acting performances. Okay. Yeah, no, she was she was saying you know they were they were challenging the talent aspect of um, Halle Berry and. Um, so one of my favorite movies, and I thought she acted well in, was uh, Bro a Broken Arrow with, um, oh, I like him, I forgot. Um, <laughs> s s names like at, at the last second explode, escape me. Um, he, with, the with the Dorothy Dandridge movie, I thought she did a a good acting job of that. I even think she did a good acting job in Monsters Ball. So what were you saying, Warren? She got the Grammy for it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just alone, a Schwarzenegger. What do you ladies think about The Rock? Oh no, don't talk to me about The Rock. <laughs> it's funny because when you were talking about uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and um, what what's the other guy's name? Um, so, so, yes, thank you. Yeah. When you're talking about those two, The Rock immediately came to my mind because we know <laughs> The Rock cannot act. He has no talent, but he is one of the most like he's a, one of the highest paid actors and has a new show on ABC based off of his life and all these movies coming out. But it's because people go to watch The Rock. They know they're not getting good acting. But like you said, right. they'll know they'll get a car blowing up. They'll know they'll get some shoot 'em, shoot 'em, bang, bang stuff. And like, I don't, I, I, I can't be. I'm mad at it, but I can't really be mad at it because I understand. I understand. You know, wrestling is acting too, though, right? Oh, that's yes, true. I've watched it. WWE. It's it's okay. yeah. I mean, I think they have to have sad cards or something. To actually. <laughs> um, so, I feel like The Rock. I acknowledge that he's not a great actor, but I just like him. He's like, you know, like your your uncle. This okay. like, this is. This is the woman that doesn't like Halle Berry to saying that. I don't dislike Halle Berry. I don't think she's a great actor. I understand. Halle Berry is so adorable to me. I love her. She has a fantastic personality. I just don't think she's the best actress. Okay. Um, and I, I feel the same about The Rock. I'm just kind of like, I, 
he's not a great actor, but he's like your uncle, you know? And everyone's like, oh my God, he's so sexy. And I'm like, I don't, I don't see it, but. <laughs> That's my mom's husband in her in her head. She loves The Rock. She's been oh, obsessed yeah. with The Rock for like yeah. 20 years, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, yeah. I remember when his daddy was a wrestler, Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> oh, wow. Far back I go with it. But what I will say is that when when you guys take someone down, um, you don't leave enough DNA to recognize the body. <laughs> what are you talking about? Because you went after Lolo Jones, and I felt sorry for her. No, oh, Lolo needed no. to be educated. Lolo needed what? to be educated. And we did it in a very respectful, kind way. I didn't say it wasn't respectful. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, Kia will talk. I, Twitter scares me. Like, I was on my phone that night shaking as I'm, like, tweeting to her. But because I know Kia, and Kia has no problem telling you what's up. But she was being so patient with Lolo and, like, so kind. And Lolo just was not reading what she was saying and was not absorbing what Kia was saying, which was very factual and coming from, like, a nice place. So then I felt like I had to insert myself and be like, here are some books you need to read. This is what we're actually talking about. (laughs) Yeah. The thing is that, like, Lolo, if you, like, know the whole backstory, go on Twitter. Yeah, like Amari said, like, I... I can pop off very quick. Over the years, I've learned to, to ease it down. But on Twitter, I'm very, I can do it. But I was a fan of Lolo Jones before. So I was like, I'm going to approach this very nicely, very calmly. And then I just had lost it because she had, she was trying to like, quote, tweet me and like, make me look stupid, which in reality just made herself look stupid. And then Amari, like, it's interesting when Amari came in, because Amari is always like, here are the stats, here are the books hear this every time like we like drag someone where i'm more like i'm going to attack you if i wars and amari's like here's why like in stats world you're like incorrect but lolo i just honestly i'm starting to think she might be just insane because if you guys watch the challenge which is why that whole thing like came up she's just like she's just like impossible to deal with and i love it that it's on national tv because i'm like this girl is actually insane like she's crazy but yeah I didn't. I didn't think that you, that you guys were mean. Oh, we lost Today one. Accidentally left. She'll come back. She'll be back. Yeah. Yeah. How, how could she not come back for this conversation? This is a good one. So, so it's. I don't think that you guys are are mean when you do the things that you do. So when I say you don't leave DNA, you don't leave. Uh. Uh. uh when you know, if I am ever on your crap list. Please email me first. Is that fair? That is yeah, fair. So, okay. So you're not going to be on the crap list. I feel like it takes a little bit to be on the bad list. Okay. If you do something like really stupid, really like outrageous, it's still like a high bar you got to reach. Okay. Yeah, I think I think the issue with oh, I think <laughs> I think back to your point of like we leave no dna is that we just want to make sure we come correct and that like when we speak on something no one can be like oh you're wrong or like you missed this point so we just want to make sure all of our bases were covered and lolo just didn't seem to understand that what we were talking about was white passing privilege which is something that comes along with being a lighter-skinned black person and i think it was interesting too because this is coming from kia was talking to her and not that kia has white passing privilege but kia is of lighter skin tone so that's something that kia acknowledges and she's trying to like help her um 
and so I think it was it was like we just wanted to make sure that yeah we just want to come correct all the time and make sure we also don't want to embarrass ourselves too because it'd be understandable if we tried to correct someone we were wrong and then people turn their back on us and as Twitter is again Twitter's not a very forgiving it's not a forgiving thing. place <laughs> Twitter is rough Twitter as well. So, so I go ahead. Let me. I want to pick one from the list, but I'm like, I don't know where, where to start. Um, <laughs> how about? Okay, I'm gonna go light first. There's this word that popped up a while back that caught my attention, and I start. I start paying attention to it, and I'm like, I'm not sure I like this word. Intersectionality. What's your? Give me a definition. <laughs> And um, I feel like Amari is the most academic out of all of us, so I feel like Amari knows That's not fair. definitions. Okay, I, I will. I no, you are the most academic. Amari reads like all the time. I read like once a year. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Intersectionality. I mean, I, I'll go um, really quick. Maybe it's like um, I guess in terms of like feminism and stuff, it could be like. Uh, not just talking about like white women, but black women too, like uh, trans women, uh, every type of woman. Um, that's when I first hear about intersectionality. I think of feminism, but maybe there's like other things that people will think about more. Yeah, I mean, I think I think like a base thing for me is like intersectional is like like how our different identities intersect with each other and play into you know. Like, so, like, we're entering a conversation not as just Black people, but as women, based off of, like, we all identify sexually as heterosexual. So, like, that brings on another another thing. So, I think, it's, to me, it's just, like, all encompassing. Well, here's the thing. To me, it really caught my attention on another show, we, podcast we had, a lady brought it up, and it was in reference to Black Lives Matter. And I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. I had to think about it. And then I thought about it later and I discovered some things in their platform that were kind of shady, you know, as far as I'm concerned. So I'm like, okay, so we intersect at one point, but then we also separate on some other issues. So, you know, it, it really, it comes up a lot. And I think uh, a lot of times to me, it seems like where there's intersectionality, there's also like, compromise or trade-off that you have to deal with you know does that make sense um so i wouldn't necessarily call it a trade-off when when i think of intersectionality i think of intersection right, right. so you are a black man you're a man you're black i don't okay. know if you identify as heterosexual homosexual or what have you but these are all different parts that shape your worldview and your experience. Um, and I think an interesting thing when you talk about intersectionality and the Black Lives Matter movement, I think that's when you get uh, trans lives matter or, or trans Black Lives Matter. And I think that those are important things to zoom in on when you're talking about the Black Lives Matter movement because a Black man has a different experience than a Black trans woman. Or like even right. to add into that, like the role like um like disability like we're also talking about the, how that plays to and the black lives matter movement too i think and i think we i thought i think we saw more more of those conversations particularly particularly during the summer months when we were talking 
like ever, I think it was just really intensified, although it's always been intensified for us. Mm -hmm. um, but I think more people were paying attention to it. And it was like, okay, yes, now we have to be really intersectional when we're talking about black lives. You know, if we're going to talk about all black lives, we need to protect the most vulnerable. And a lot of that in this community tends to be black trans women just based off of all these intersecting yeah. identities yeah. and things happening. Yeah. So I think that's kind of like more so like, and I think that's also like something we've had to actively like grow into and like mm -hmm. become more aware of because I'm not gonna say like, oh yeah, I came out the womb like all about intersection and like having an idea about it. <laughs> but there have been instances where I've completely not thought about other people in the process yeah. because I'm just coming from a black woman's perspective. Yeah, I think it's yeah. like with intersectionality, it's like um, like we 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 all come from like the standpoint of how we are as um grow grew up or like in the in the world, but then like it seems like I guess from like Black Lives Matter and talking to like my family or like my cousins and stuff, it seems like sometimes we oftentimes just think Black Lives Matter. We think of like okay, so that means from my perspective black man heterosexual and I'm, I'm good to be like behind george floyd but then some people are like wait i don't i don't co-sign with like uh marching for black trans lives and that's when it's like wait if you're for black lives matter you kind of got to be for all black folks you know what i'm saying like um but i don't know the reference that you know i don't know what the podcast that you're referencing said so that's just my guess no that, that was just the uh conversation we we we're having i think it was about something totally different it was probably about politics and when you say okay warren i'm gonna i'm gonna ask you to put on hold i'm gonna try to take a break real quick and then we'll come back and we'll start with warren okay i know you care about the environment and maybe you want to learn more about sustainability and climate action then join me on the climate conscious podcast where my guests and I discuss the issues of sustainability related to the Caribbean and beyond. Together, we'll explore practical solutions for managing our impact on the planet. Tune in every other Wednesday on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And follow me on Instagram at theclimateconscious. to the so-called Oreos pod. Okay. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay. So we'll, uh, we'll just go ahead and start with Warren. Um, and, uh, we'll live without the commercial break. Okay, great. Um, I think for, as far as Black Lives Matter goes, I, I want to come back to that on another show, but another topic, uh, that's, was interesting you guys did a show on that it was um interracial dating oh <laughs> yeah ask away sir uh oh <laughs> somebody's prepared who's twirling <laughs> so what was your question one i'm sorry i said who's swirling Oh, who's swirling? Oh. oh. I thought you just I thought you were just just saying we're swirling. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. I mean um, yeah, that we did that so I think it was interesting because that, that was one like of our two years first, ago. Yeah, that was one of our first episodes. I will say I have only um I've I've dated I think I've well I haven't I shouldn't say I've seriously I don't know. 
we have discussions about this whether it's seriously or dangerous. <laughs> but <laughs> I've only I think I've only like me per personally like um participated in one interracial um relationship, one interracial coupling. Um the majority of the, the men I deal with are black men. Um but I've tried to open up sometimes and, and date um from other races and that not all of my experiences have been <laughs> the best. They just vary. So um currently I'm I'm single so no, just a just a chocolate swirl right here by myself. <laughs> um, I know personally, I try to be the rainbow coalition. It is, you know, <laughs> you're fine, you're fine. Um, I've mostly dated and dealt with black men, um, but I think, it, and it's so funny because we always talk about interracial dating and how a lot of times it's from it always involves whiteness and how we want to move away from interracial dating involving whiteness. So that means, you know, a Mexican and Asian couple or a black and Indian couple, that kind of interracial dating, I think we like to focus more on and, and talk more about. But yeah, our interracial dating is a very hot topic. <laughs> so, so the one episode that, I mean, the one episode that kind of stood out to me, um, you know, I you don't seem to shy away from anything. Um, and, and so you, so you used to be a hoe. <laughs> oh, the hoeing episode, the hoeing episode. So funny. You mentioned we don't shy away from anything, but we had to bully Kia into doing the episode. We she literally had to, to Kia did not want to do it. Kia was like, my parents I am like, listen to this. I'm a very, when it comes to like, even my career or personal life, I'm very, no one knows what's going on there. It's very seldom that people know what's happening. And so for me to like put, and I, it wasn't even that bad because I people were like, it wasn't that bad. But I was like, for me, it was a lot. For me, it's a lot. Anytime I give any type of information when it comes to my personal life, uh, I'm mostly used to just giving my opinion, which is fine. Um, but yeah, I think like in retrospect that we're told, I do, like, I know, uh, Amari and Janae is like dating now and like in the past and like we're not even close to like I feel like the whole phase so I think it's interesting that we did that episode anyway because yeah <laughs> I, think we're just, we're, I think we were just approaching it from like the I think like big thing nowadays is like reclaiming and like turning things on its head and thinking about like okay well why is it always when we talk about hoes they're in reference to women and why is it always that we talk about women having a lot of sexual activity that that makes them a hoe when we don't have we don't use that same language necessarily towards men and so it's kind of like we, i think we were just thinking about like hey if you want to have sex with a lot of people and do you you shouldn't feel like you know like you have to be labeled that way you're just leaning into you know like that sexual side of you like sexual liberation you know kind of mm -hmm do you i think it was just kind of thinking about how we frame women sexual activities versus how we frame men's sexual activities which is just yeah and you know very different <laughs> yeah and i will well, say I've that i try to say guys hoes, for sure oh yeah <laughs> i do that all the time yeah but well it's important because if you're gonna go all in go all in you know like if you're gonna call women hoes fine if they men do the same thing we'll call them hoes too that's I how i operate um I <laughs> I still do think that, like, although we might call men hoes, there is this weird exception to men dating around and having a lot of partners and yeah. 
women don't get the same game. Race. Exactly. And I think all three of us grew up in a uh, very traditional black household where it was an idea. I know personally, um, it was more acceptable for my brother to be out past curfew. It was more acceptable for my brother to be going on dates and stuff. My brother's still very wholesome, but it was a known thing that like, if I went on a date and I wasn't home by curfew, hell would be paid. My brother, on the other hand, he could get a pass. And I think that that is the very traditional and very black upbringing that a lot of women have. And I think that a lot of young black women have to get to a point in their life where they're like, if I want to be out here, I'm going to be out here. And that's it, because you should be able to. So so let me kind of approach that topic this way. So in, if something if crap goes down while you're out after midnight, so I, I know you're going to chew at my heels on this one, but who is most... I know. Who is most likely to be able to protect themselves? Who needs more protection? I get that it's from a protection standpoint, but um, there's a way to go about it too, you know? So if it's like, you know, we, we have, if we were going to keep hard lines for Janae, we're going to keep hard lines for her brother. Um, and I think, I think even it's just saying like, hey, Janae, like we're concerned about you because uh, men are trash and they will try to do some fuck shit after midnight and even saying that is like that's a reason instead of just being like no you know what i'm saying like, i understand there's a way to like go about it but also well, i think it's too it's like it, it the, and it's so interesting like w the way we approach it too and how we talk about girl it's like just for your protection but like why aren't we having those conversations to men about like how we should be you know respecting like those women or or you know certain situations so i think it's kind of like okay yeah it can be about my protection but like how are we teaching boys to treat women and make them feel comfortable in these spaces where they don't have to feel like you know they have to like you know they can't go outside i mean granted my dad was always and i kind of still agree to this he always told me in general nothing good happens after two in the morning that's right and i've actually, that's right. and I've actually felt that's that my right. whole life i've stayed up until four and been like i should have i should just gone home <laughs> <laughs> Confirmed, <laughs> so 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 what I say on that um, is um, so we we start for a reason with protection. Um, so we're years away from that conversation, and then because it has become a societal norm, people say to their daughters, you know, be in by eleven, and then they don't give all of the background information that got us to. Um, doing that and so what happens is uh girls should be in by 11 it's okay for guys to be out and then we don't explain all of the you know the reason that that we've done that is because uh you know years ago there was a you know a couple of tragedies or a few thousand tragedies and so so i think the conversation then um so so now you're down years down the road and you're going hey you, you guys are you're not you're not applying things in a fair uh, way and and so you're not getting all of that background or that back information and so that so we're having to have that conversation again because you're saying hey you know things aren't you're not measuring everything the same way 
And so now, you know, we're having that conversation. And so, so that's what I think may be the issue there. And, and I only say that because um, as we go through life, we tend to take shortcuts on doing things. You know, I think everyone has heard, uh, do what I tell you. And then when you hear that, it's like, well, how about you tell me why? Because it's not making sense to me at this particular point. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I yeah, I agree with that. Um, I know personally when I have kids way down the line, um, I just plan on keeping everything equal. So my daughter, for her own safety purposes, will have to be home by a certain time. And so will my son. It just... There won't be a, you're a man, so you can stay out longer. It'll be, both of you have to be home by this time, and that's just the way it is. It's for her safety, and it's for you to learn um, how to treat women right, and that nothing good happens after, what was it, two? Two. Um, I I just believe in equality, straight down line. I know it's it's not always easier said than done. It's not that simple. But in those instances, I think... You can do it. I agree. Yeah, because also the your brother is with a girl, probably. So it's like, yeah, you know, his that girl's mom is also probably. You can get pregnant. Is, so yeah, exactly. Get, she can get, get her, pregnant. Get her home. Get her home yeah. alone too. She can get pregnant just like I can get pregnant. That was the the clip. Children before it's expected. That was the clip. The clip was, um, um. So we we tell our women to be virtuous, um. But our, we don't tell our boys to be virtuous. So who are they fucking? So, you know, if if they're if they're out screwing somebody, they're not going to screw the woman that they want to marry because they want her to be a virgin. You know, when she becomes and then um, there was a whole issue about. Um, so now she doesn't know how to screw or something of that nature. She doesn't know how to have sex. So who are these? You know, who are these guys? supposedly sleeping with in the process of you know all of the women being virtuous so that was the clip another guy too you know hmm? what did you say it could be another guy it could be too you did have to bring that into the conversation didn't you oh, you know no i mean I, it's it we are in that environment we we are in that environment i can't speak from that standpoint of like another guy but just like, cause you always see, at least on social media, it's always, guys are always like labeling everyone a hoe and like, um, you know, she can't have sex on the first date, but I can. And it's like, well, who are you having sex with? If if she can't have sex on the first date, but you can, that don't make no sense. It's all just like this weird, like, I don't know what, what you guys think. It's weird. Right. Or like even, um, you know, I grew up with men that would tell me like, you know, like, like, you know, um, like can't, like, why would you buy the cow if you can get the milk for free? Or, like, the guys that I'm, like, the girls that, you know, the girls that I'm out here with are not the girls that I'm going to marry and bring home to my mom. But it's this really, I think that's a really troubling notion, too, because it's like, that's not true. Like, people are bringing women home who, who have done stuff, who are doing stuff, and, like, that's who they make. So, like, I think it's also like this, so you go through your life thinking you have to be, like, buttoned up and proper, and you're, like, I feel like you have to be so perfect and I think that comes at least you know with a lot of under I think underlined issues where people feel like they can't really step into themselves and fully be comfortable with themselves you know I mean 
like even sexuality right wise so it's kind of like is it really is that narrative really helping anyone um i don't know and also there's a lot of guys that don't want to be the first one to you know have sex with someone that's a virgin there's a lot of guys who don't want that responsibility so then it's like all these things that are just competing with each other and it's like what is it you might as well like at that point i think in high school i was like i didn't go anywhere because i'm like i'm just gonna stay inside it's for each person to to decide for themselves like yeah. i you know when my wife and i are instructing my two children and you know we just say hey you know I, i'll tell my daughter you know look, look listen up because here's what guys are thinking and any man that has a daughter who's unwilling to tell his daughter what guys are thinking you're doing her a disservice uh i tell my sons hey you know you got these type of characteristics girls are going to women going to be after you and you know you you have to you have you're going to have to make these choices you know, my daughter is my daughter's going to have to make these choices. There's going to be guys who are out there who want to get in her pants, so to speak. But baby, you know, don't give up your cookies before you get married. A man wants to get in your pants. Let him put a ring on your finger first. And in order to put a ring on your finger, he's got to show that he's going to be able to take care of your family. He's going to be able to put you in a house and have a car and any kids y'all have. He needs to take care of those. I tell my son, don't go out there and get along with a bunch of different girls. If you don't have no attention to marrying them, leave that stuff alone. You so know? how do they react to that? Huh? How do they react to that? They'll say, yes, sir, daddy. Yes, sir. My, my son goes, oh. <laughs> and I'm just like, well, he hasn't, he hasn't really gotten to the sight of, hmm, ladies, okay. So, so that's fine. But so, so we, as a parent, I try to tell, them. and it's up to me to tell them the best of what I can that they may, may encounter. Them. Give them the best advice that I can. I can't teach them everything. There's some things they're going to have to get out and learn. Okay, so we're we're getting close to the we're getting close to the end. So, um, yeah, yeah I want to. Well, okay, hold on. So let me make this. Uh, we have a comment. I want to include it. Uh, part of our show is about uh, getting our listeners involved. And he's made a comment. And then I'll give everybody uh, a last comment. And then we'll call it a night. Is that good for everybody? Okay. Very good. So uh, William Collins says, I think part of the solution would be for black women to not be accepting of male hoes or dogs. I see too many young black men making no attempt to respect or honor the black lady. So I'll give everybody a chance to comment and comment on anything, you can comment on that. We got that in and then we'll call it a show. Yeah, I think the problem with that is that you're telling what black women to do and you're not telling, okay, black women stop being dogs. Like, why isn't it both ways? The first thing was black women stop accepting this. And it's like, no, how about you come correct? That's what you should be telling men. Come correct. Don't tell us, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. We're already like, we can't do anything. Like Amari said, she's just staying in the damn house because we can't do anything. Why don't you tell men, hey, do this, come correct by black women, and everyone will be better? Because I don't see the black women 
manipulating people and choosing, I mean, yes, they do. Everyone does. But I'm saying more so when it comes to gender lines, it's like you don't see them dogging people out and stuff like that and being dogs. Like, there needs to be something, too. It's like, how can we pick if everyone is just being a dog? You just want to pick us, like, the lesser of evil. So I just think, think about how you frame that. Um, that's that's all I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> to add into what Kia said, I'll also say I think it's um, it's unfortunately as someone who has you know dated many people, I will just say it is just a uh, characteristic of sometimes men just in general um, that aren't willing to put the work into the relationships or what women deserve, and particularly when it comes to Black women, it's not like we have all of these. I think I don't know. I've, I've talked to different people and they somehow think that there's a line of men just waiting for me to pick from. And like, that is not my existence as a black woman. <laughs> it's like, there is not a lot of people who find us to like, you know, are like attracted to us or like think, or like we're too, or like they think we're too much or we, we talk back too much or, or we're too strong or we're too independent or all these different things. So it's, it's kind of like, yeah, I don't, you know, just I just think people in, and also I think the the day and age we're in, it's where a lot of people don't have to put a lot of energy to get what they want. So people just don't put that energy, and also people feel like they don't need to put time into other people. Or I'm too busy doing X, Y, and Z for you is too much, so I'm not going to do it. And I think it's a very dangerous age that we're in, where people expect things really quickly and they're not willing to put in the work. Um, but then you you have women like us who want to, you know. I'm not going to speak for Janae and Kia, but I mean, like, you know, want to have families and want to be with someone and have like life partners, but just people who aren't willing to get there with you. So, so I mean, the pool is shallow. I mean, shallow and the, like, uh, yeah, I think there's like this, this shallowness to things nowadays, but also like no one is willing to, you, uh, we talk about this a lot. You put the, you put your time into the things that matter to you. Um, and I think a lot of people just aren't willing to put their time in, um, and they still expect things. Um, yeah, we talked about this on the last episode, actually. Oh, wait, it'll air Tuesday. I was like, <laughs> I just remembered I edited it. <laughs> oh, very good. Janae? Um, yeah, I, I think it's it's not always as simple as not putting up with bad behavior. I think there are layers on this. I think, like Amari had said, we kind of live in a dangerous time where everyone is looking for things quickly. I mean, the millennial generation, everything's gotten information, gathering information has gotten easier for us. So not only do we want to be able to go on Google and look up any question we have, we want to be able to quickly get a relationship as well. Um, and I think it's made dating harder. And then you factor in the way black women are viewed in society versus the way black men are viewed in society. Black men are like the ultimate masculine male. So you have a lot of people who are like, ooh, black men. But black women are viewed as being very, in terms of Loud, women, aggressive. aggressive as well. So that makes black women less attractive than black men. And I think it creates this weird situation where a lot of black women feel that they have to settle because they don't know what else is coming around the corner. You see so many black women in your family who are alone and you're like, well, I don't want that to be me. I grew up watching Cinderella. I want my prince charming. Um, 
So I, I don't think it's as easy as just saying black women don't let black men treat you terribly. It's not that easy because none of us yeah. want to be alone. <laughs> yeah. And Amari brought up this stat too. Um, we had a guy on our, at the, on our podcast and we were talking about the stats of like when it comes to like dating outside the race and like terms of education level. And the, I don't know all the stats offhand, so I'm not going to say them, but I'm just saying we, we discussed the stats because I think people just think we're um, giving our opinion, but really our opinion is based on what we live in our everyday lives, but also there are facts like saying like black women are the highest educated in terms of like women when it comes to the black race, like versus, um, and yes, also I just want to make the point that's not black men's fault because there's systematic stuff where yeah the government is trying to police black men and jail them and incarcerate them so they can't get an education so it's like there's systematic things where it's like we're not just saying it just to say that like you know there's systematic racism and that's just that it, it sucks because black men are incarcerated and then black women you have no one because the government's trying to incarcerate black men yeah. so there is I a system in clear. place there is a system in place to break up black families and it's working unfortunately and i think a huge part of this platform for us is talking about those feelings and airing out those feelings and it's 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 hard it's meaty stuff but it's hard to examine it and talk about it and live it last comment leonard uh, as far as that we just we have to teach our black boys about how to treat women period we have to teach our ladies, our girls, how to be ladies. And you can't do one without the other. And I'm just, I'm looking at it as we have to all teach our kids. We have to teach our young boys how to be men. Because, you know, you, you hear men get up and say, yeah, but let her do it. This women's live, let, you know. I'm I'm not from that era. I was taught that as a man, you have to get up and go to work every day. You are the one that's supposed to make sure your wife and your children are in something stable, stable home. You know, the, the man is supposed to get up and go to work every day and do the best he can to provide for his family. And, you know, as, as a father, you're supposed to teach your boys how to treat women. Mm -hmm and teach your girls about okay here's the way you have to be around these men because there's a lot of no good men out there and so there's a lot that the man has to teach his family and you, and you have to be an example of their teaching i can't teach my boys to treat women and i'm doing everything under the sun that god told me not to do with my wife i'm doing that to my wife I'm around drunk all the time. I'm around, every time my son sees me, he sees me with a different woman. His mama's sitting at home. Okay? Last comment, Warren? Yeah, okay, well, I grew up in the 70s, you know. <laughs> and so back then, like, the milk was flowing free. I mean, what, no thing. <laughs> and um, all of that stuff about, you know, the values and stuff teach your daughter that came later in life for me so having raised two daughters um i had to kind of adjust my thinking in reality but uh, you know it made it a little more complicated but i think uh we're society is changing we're constantly morphing with our values 
And then uh, the thing about the shortage of black men, I get that, you know. So we're constantly adjusting to different uh, scenarios, different data, uh, you know. But I think the black family is key to our survival. And I'm talking about the nuclear black family, you know, that some groups want to come after. And I'm going to leave it at that. Okay, so I'm going to give you ladies a chance to tell everyone how to hear you. How to get a hold of you. Um, yeah, so, yeah, it's the so-called Oreos podcast. We are available on every single podcast platform, so that's Spotify, Apple, Google Play, SoundCloud, wherever. Um, you can email us if you have comments, or we love to hear feedback. Um, any type of feedback, you guys, even if it's a mean comment, we'll take it. And that is, you can email us at socalledoreos at gmail.com and we're on all social media platforms except tiktok and that is at socalledoreos um amari does a really good job with their instagram it's a lot it's very educational it's very funny and i handle twitter and i try to be funny and yeah and youtube too you can see us um yeah you can see us like recording on youtube so yeah so i want to thank you very much uh for the team um, this has been uh, educational and very much fun. I really do appreciate you coming on. Uh, there's an open invitation anytime you want to come back. There are so many topics that you guys talk about that we obviously couldn't cover them um, all today. And uh, like I said, we really appreciate you, you know, accepting our invitation. Um, I have always or said since I've started creating podcasts, the change in the Internet has allowed each one of us to be able to have a platform, have a bigger voice. And I encourage people to, um, when you're surfing, channel surfing through 600 or 300 channels, that you look at some of the independent um, entertainment, in, in, independent artists creating. Um, and, and as you can tell, these young ladies create a very mediocre podcast and just giving you a hard time. They create a great podcast. Um, I was like, wait, is video When you didn't respond, I said, well, maybe I ought to clean that up. <laughs> you were supposed to go, hey, no. So anyway, um, they create a great podcast. Um, I think you will be informed and entertained. And I want to thank you very much for joining us today. Uh, everyone, have a great evening. Thank you for having us. Thank you. That concludes this episode of Altitude Adjustment. And thank you for listening. This podcast is streamed live on YouTube and Twitch.tv and is designed for listener interaction. Visit the website, thelionsdenstl.wixsite.com forward slash home to join the discussion. The audio version of Altitude Adjustment is available where you get your podcasts, including Stitcher.com, the iTunes Store, and the Google Play Music Store, to name a few. Remember that the internet is powered by your likes, shares and comments so please like share and comment on this and other episodes of altitude adjustment because it matters and as always look out for the other guy because they may not be looking out for you